The Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. Heinemann is a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. When we think about engagement, we almost immediately focus on the student who won't talk or just doesn't engage. But what about the student who's over-engaged? I'm Brett from Heinemann. On today's podcast, we're continuing our series of conversations with Cornelius Minor. Today, we're talking about a student he's nicknamed Prez, in short for president of the class. Cornelius is a frequent keynote speaker and lead staff developer at Teachers College Reading and Writing Project in New York, where he works with teachers, school leaders, and communities to support literacy reform in cities. In his work, Cornelius not only draws on his years teaching middle school in the Bronx and Brooklyn, but also on time spent skateboarding, shooting hoops, and working with kids. He's also currently writing his first book for Heinemann. Cornelius says we need to use our teacher superpowers of engagement, even with students like Prez, who, as Cornelius says, tend to take up all the space in the room. Here's Cornelius with more on Prez. Oh my gosh, Prez. Like, um, and, and like, and just to kind of talk about Prez, I got to like rewind a little bit and talk about like why his name is Prez is short for president. I had to make him the president of the class just because so many things, but Prez's name is actually David. And one thing you got to know about Brooklyn, New York is that like Brooklyn, New York, like the tough guy, like persona is like a thing. Like yeah. kids spend a lot of time grooming their inner tough guy. And, you know, and for a kid like David, like the the name David just doesn't sell <laughs> like tough Brooklyn kid. And, and so I've watched him over these last two years trying to invent his tough guy persona, but it always comes back to David. And, um, and, 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 and so one of the things that, that has happened with him is he's the kind of kid he's all in, you know, and so many people, they talk to me, they ask me like, yo, like I've got this kid who won't talk. or I got this kid who won't do homework, but David is not that kid. Like yeah. when you talk to me about David, people are like, how do we get David to like calm down and give other people some <laughs> oxygen? And that to me, that's a, a question of engagement, you know, like, um, you know, you use kind of your, your kind of teacher superpower of engagement to kind of bring out the quiet kids, Mm -hmm. but then you use like your power of engagement to kind of democratize the space for those kids who are like all in like Prez. And, you know, and, and my mind goes to this, like one moment, like where, um, I was doing this thing on inference and it's always inference. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like inference is like the teacher Achilles heel, (laughs) Like, but um, I was doing this thing on inference and it was all about like making wild guesses, you know, and I was trying to encourage the kids to like not hold back on their guesses that, you know, like you want to make these cool theories and you mm-hmm. want to like test out your theories in your book and and man when I said wild guess he was like I got this <laughs> like, like, and so um and so we were reading and it was th- this innocuous story like paperback princess it's mm-hmm. the one like every workshop classroom does paperback princess so I'm like how could this fail but you know Prez will find a way and so like and, and um and so he's making these ridiculous guesses and I'm like Prez you're guessing about like dinosaurs and spaceships we're in medieval times dude he was like hey you told me no theory could be wrong as long as you test it out and um and so and one of the things is like and then Prez got going and then people started laughing at his guesses and then right away again I knew that like okay this is a space that he's beginning to occupy fully mm. and and he shares this space with 31 other kids and so I've got to be able to kind of like give it to other kids and so I spent a lot of time thinking I'm like wow what can I do for a kid like Prez what can I do for like the kids like Prez in every classroom who seem to monopolize the airtime in that space and and for me again it comes down to engagement like 
in their ways that I can kind of turn the volume up, mm-hmm. you know, on certain kids in the classroom. And I've been thinking, you know, we haven't talked much as teachers about like the ways that we turn the volume down. And so I've been thinking a lot about turning the volume down and like, and, and one big thing that comes to mind and I've been using this over and over with Prez is one way to kind of turn the volume down, but still kind of like respect his enthusiasm, yeah. you know, kind you still of want to honor his voice. Yeah. Like, and his voice is really, really important, yeah. you know? Um, but I also want to make sure that that voice sits alongside the 31 other voices, you know, in the classroom. And so how do you do that without then making going the complete opposite direction and making him unengaged? And and that's the thing, because, you know, in communities like mine, and I'm sure like, you know, I, as I travel across America, you know, like one of the things that we never want to do is we never want to silence kids. Right. You know, when you think about you know, and we've been doing a lot of thinking, you know, these recent weeks about, you know, marginalized people or oppressed groups Mm -hmm. of people. And, you know, and often people will say, oh, you know, African-Americans or, oh, you know, Latinos or Asians or, you know, or gay kids. Mm -hmm. And, and actually, as I look across America, you know, for me, the group of people that's most silenced is children. And so I always want to be amplifying their voices. So for a kid like Prez, I want to give those kids like jobs or roles, you know, because when we think about like the voices that speak the loudest in our society, those voices all belong to people with very specific and clearly defined roles. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking like one engagement tool in the classroom is that, you know, and, and we're well versed at giving kids, oh, you're the line leader or you're the this. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, and so I've been thinking like, what are the rhetorical roles that are going to exist in the classroom? And what are the kind of the community building roles that are going to exist in the classroom? And so that's actually how he became pres. He's the president. <laughs> and, um, and, and his job as president, you got to protect your people, man. And so yeah. there's 31 of the kids in this class and they're your people, you know, and I'm going to be talking to your people, you know, for seven minutes a day during my mini lesson. And there are going to be people in your country, Prez, that don't understand me. And so it's going to be your job to make sure that they do understand me. So if I'm ever saying a thing or doing a thing that doesn't resonate with your people, you got to let me know. And so that's kind of an invitation to Prez that he gets to jump in at any time and be like, yo, your lesson right now is missing all my friends over here. Wow. You know, um, and so he can still be his active self. And and in a really public way, he's giving me feedback. Yeah. And one of the things I'm always thinking about is, you know, I'm a workshop teacher. So this yeah. idea of demonstration is not new to me that like you demonstrate. But then I also think about the the idea of modeling mm-hmm. that like I don't just like show you the writing, but I model like the person, the character, the kind of man I want you to be, the kind of person I want you to be. And so um. So that's really exciting that kids get to see me taking feedback from press. And it's really actually exciting because, again, like everything, he takes that role very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> First time he gave me feedback, he um, he like wrote it on a post-it note and um, and handed it to me um, <laughs> and, and kind of like slid it over to me. And I'm like, no, you can say it. And he's like, well, every time the principal has something bad to say to you, he writes it on a post-it note. And I'm like, how did you know that? And, like, <laughs> and he's like, really and, and he's like, I know that because you get a lot of post-it notes. And I'm like... <laughs> So, yeah. And so, but he's gotten really good at, at doing that. And, and what's funny is it's doing the work that I wanted it to do because, you know, not just with me now, but he's going around the classroom, like giving people feedback and he's really grown into that role yeah. where kids are doing things in the corner and he goes over and he's like, let me slide you a post-it. And so, <laughs> so just kind of watching him slide post-its around the room again, has done something really cool to kind of democratize his voice and kind of put it in a lane so that other voices can exist. But then it's also amplified his leadership. It's amplified his personality. Personality and, and that really excites me, you know, and so you have this kid, David, who wants to be a tough guy and that we can use kind of like engagement techniques to turn him into prez, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, that, you know, especially, you know, today's political climate, that that a kid gets used to being called a president um, is really important to me, too. So if a yeah. teacher if a teacher hears this and mm-hmm. maybe they're thinking about a student that is very much like prez in their classroom, mm-hmm. but they're 
their perception of that student might be different. They might see that student yeah. as disruptive. Yeah. How would you speak to that teacher to say, here's what you can do to take that and turn it into a more positive experience, but yeah. also work with it? How could we turn that around? You know, I'm a, I'm a huge lover of art. You know, I live in New York City, so I spend a lot of time in museums looking at art. And one of the things that strikes me is this idea of perspective, that if you stand on one side of the gallery, Starry Night looks one way, but if you stand on a different side of the gallery, it looks completely different. And so I always want to ask teachers, just stand on the other side of the gallery that you know that you see a kid like Prez and he's disruptive and he's always interrupting you and he's always saying stuff um and, and my first urge is to silence and so one of the things that I've been practicing is something that I learned in sports this idea that like you want to kind of like calm yourself, center yourself before you kind of make an attempt at a thing. And so just, and so my advice to teachers would be almost three steps, kind of like whenever Prez is being Prez, cause he's going to do that, <laughs> you know, like, um, so the first thing is I kind of calm myself, center myself. And I kind of recognize that it's not about me. He's not attacking me. Mm-hmm. That's just what he does, man. Like he, he talks and he interrupts. And, um, so calm myself, center myself. The second thing is then try to stand on a different side of the gallery. Like, so mm-hmm. like what I saw as an interruption, what might he be trying to do? Um, he's trying to contribute. He's trying to clarify. He's trying to question. He's trying to support. Um, and those are all high level critical thinking skills that we want to teach kids. Yeah. You know, and what's funny is the kids who are doing the most critical thinking um, often do it in ways that feel abusive toward us mm-hmm. because they're not good at it yet. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, um, and I know this is silly. I, old Disney movies. I spend a lot of time watching old Disney movies because like, I can't think after so much lesson planning. And I don't know if you remember, but that old movie, like the, the one with the Fox who was Robin hood yeah. um, oh, and yeah. he goes around giving all the animals <laughs> presents. And, um, and he like, and he gave like one of the little animals in one like scene, he gave one of these little animals like a bow and arrow. And I'm like, you just gave a little kid a weapon. <laughs> like, and, um, and in many ways, when we teach critical thinking, that's what it is. You, we just gave a little kid a weapon. You yeah. know, when we think about the progress that we want to make as a society, when we think about all the things that we want to fix in the world, like critical thinking is a weapon. And when you give a kid a weapon, you got to teach them how to use it responsibly. And I think for kids like Prez who learn how to question, you know, what happens is he shows up to class and he starts using the weapon and it hurts because I'm the teacher. So he's interrupting me. And so I'm like, okay, he's using the weapon that I taught him to use. Now I just got to teach him to use it responsibly. Um, And so it's that idea of, yeah, standing on the different side of the gallery means recognizing He's actually being the kid that I taught him to be or that I am teaching him to be. He just can't quite use it responsibly yet. Um, So how do you then take that work with Prez mm -hmm. and get the other students to sort of join him in that engagement? Several things. Like, I think one thing is, first of all, like making it visible. And so always thinking that every time Prez like corrects me or every time Prez helps me to understand that like certain students in the classroom aren't like understanding me, then one of the things that I want to do is I don't want to always call out Prez, but I want to say, you know, I want to thank him. Thanks. I needed to know that. And then I want to like make it visible how I am changing in front of them Mm -hmm. to accommodate his request. And um, because what happens is kids see the power in that and then they start doing it. They're like that. A kid asked my teacher a question in this way and my teacher changed as a result. Um, And, you know, when I think about why kids act out, they act out because their conditions are uncomfortable. That's Mm -hmm. why we all act out. You know, like, um, you know, if my couch is uncomfortable, I'm going to act weird, you know, like, you know, like, um, and so that's why we all act out. And so all kids are trying to do when they act out is they're trying to create more comfortable conditions. And, and sometimes, you know, when I think about 
you know, for example, kids like, you know, the entropy of the playground, that's comforting for some kids. Mm-hmm. And so if my classroom where I'm teaching verbs today is uncomfortable, what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to disruptive, disrupt it because that disruptive thing that they do on the playground, that's comfortable, that's familiar. Mm-hmm. Verbs are not familiar right now. So I'm going to do the thing that is familiar so that I'm comfortable, you know, getting kids to see that, oh, if a classmate did it in this way and it was effective, I can do it in this way and it will be effective. Um, and so I think the big thing for teachers is how we respond. Um, so not necessarily what we say, because I think so many times we're, we're apt to say, oh, don't do that or don't talk to me that yeah. way. Um, and so I want to, in a very clearly way, like model an appropriate response um, and have kids see that if I do a thing this way, he'll not only hear me, but he will change his behavior accordingly. Um, and again, this idea that a classroom is give and take. Um, I think a lot about emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and this idea that we often ask kids to regulate their emotions, but in a shared society or in a shared ecosystem like a classroom, there's no such thing as singular emotional regulation. It's mm-hmm. more emotional co-regulation where we're all kind of doing this together. Um, and so wanting to be able to do that like really well with kids. That's all the time we have for it on today's podcast. My thanks to Cornelius Minor. Be sure to follow Cornelius on Twitter via at Mr. Minor. Be sure to also check out other podcasts in this series, Conversations with Cornelius. This is our third of five conversations. We'll be releasing two more over the next few weeks. Be sure to also subscribe for more podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, you can get a special daily teacher tip right on your phone directly from Heinemann Authors by downloading the Heinemann Teacher Tip app. All this and more on Heinemann.com. Thanks for listening.